They return to your, their seats and grab clipboards and stuff to uh, think about uh, what God is speaking to them. You might grab one of the uh, next step cards and think about how God is speaking to you and what you will share with those God brings you to this week. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word that your spirit might direct us, that we might not make this about us, but instead that our lives would become about you. Shine through us today. In our darkness, God, we pray that you would shine and that all the world would see. In Jesus' name, amen. So apparently in this month that we started with uh, affirmation, and I reminded some of you of a commercial that you had all forgotten um, for Sprite. Uh, I like the Sprite in you. And I said, uh, tell people about uh, how you see Christ in them and share with them that message. I like the Christ in you. Um, apparently I watch entirely too much television because this week as I was listening, thinking through the gospel, another commercial came to mind. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, the commercials that they had for Southwest Airlines of which this is one of my favorites. Go ahead, Tom. a whole bunch of those out there, and they're all hilarious, but uh, this one seemed church appropriate and very funny, so <laughs> it was, but that message of, of want to get away, there's, uh, there's times, we laugh in this instance, but if you were in her shoes, you wouldn't have been laughing, right? You'd have been like, oh no, because you feel stuck, right? You're like, how am I going to get out of this mess? The reality is that although we can laugh at that little mess, which uh, at the end of the day you just kind of pick everything up and hopefully you, you have the decency to say, to own up to your actions and let some people help you clean everything up and get everything back together, uh, you can do this. But the reality is that we get stuck, don't we, in other places in life that are no laughing matter at all. We get stuck in things like anxiety and depression. We get stuck in places of uh, joblessness. We get stuck in places where um, there's poverty. And we don't know what to do about it. Debt can be a place where we just feel stuck. And often we have the same kind of reaction We realize we're stuck there, and we're just frozen. We we don't know what to do, what to do next. There's no way out of that. And we feel isolated and alone and stuck in place, and it's painful. It's dark. It's lonely. And we've been there. All of us. 
I know no one I have ever talked to that you actually get to know that has not felt stuck at some time, in some way. We all get stuck. The prophecy from Isaiah today that Matthew recalls as Jesus begins his ministry is about a people who were stuck. Matthew says it, um, quote, he actually changes, um, I don't know if you caught this, but he actually changes one word um, from the prophecy that Nathan read in Isaiah. When Nathan read it, it said, um, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. When we read it in Matthew, it says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. It changes it from walking to sitting. Because that prophecy that uh, Matthew is quoting there in regard to Jesus beginning his ministry to a people who he saw as sitting in darkness, right? Because when Isaiah said that, (laughs) that's probably about 600 years earlier. You can walk in darkness all you want, but if you are still in darkness 600 years later, I think sad is appropriate. And we've been there. That's why I say this is a passage that talks about being stuck. 600 years make our stuckness seem pretty simple, doesn't it? (laughs) We're like... And what kind of stuck were they? Uh, this region of, of Galilee, Galilee of the nations, uh, the region of Naphtali and all of these places that we don't know much about. Well, uh, this place is the northernmost territory of the nation of Israel. It's, it's way up at the, uh, the northernmost section of the land, that, of the promised land. Um, well, if you know anything about the history of Israel that uh, is is uh, chronicled throughout uh, the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. Um, the enemies that invade Israel repeatedly throughout uh, that time and that conquer them usually come from the north. Most, uh, most notably, Assyria and Babylon. And the Assyrian Empire comes from the north and they... Uh, they, they reach this region first. They are the first to be conquered. They are the first to be overthrown. They are the first to be exiled. They are the first to be intermingled with all of the peoples that the Assyrian Empire had conquered before them. They are the first to experience the death of their loved ones and family and friends and their community's destruction. They are the first to see all of these things. And what happens? (laughs) It continues to come wave after wave after wave. 
So that when Isaiah is prophesying to this region, he's talking to a region that has experienced trauma after trauma after trauma. And he knows the darkness that they have felt. He knows the stuckness that they've experienced. But his promise is clear to a people who walk in darkness, to a people who sit in darkness, light has come. What is that light? Matthew says that light is Jesus. Isaiah, when he makes the prophecy, says there will be a Messiah. The Messiah will come. On them light will shine. Light that shines in the darkness. Because it goes there intentionally. Which brings me to another fun little thing in this passage from Matthew that we have today. That first verse, I think, is quite misleading. It says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. Doesn't that make it sound like Jesus is trying to make sure he doesn't get arrested too? When when Jesus heard that John was arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He's like, okay, John's in jail, I'm getting out of here. Um, Quite the opposite. Uh, Because if you read this in context, where is Jesus? He's been baptized and then he goes into the wilderness and he's tempted. And uh, all of the the geography here says that it's the region of Judea that is coming out to John to be baptized. So we're probably south of Galilee at this point, around the Jordan. And uh, when he goes out into the wilderness, he's on the other side of the Jordan. This is all region that is not ruled by Herod Antipas, who is the one who has John the Baptist arrested, who rules the region that is known as, say it with me, Galilee. So when Jesus withdraws to Galilee, he withdraws to the very territory where the person who arrested John the Baptist rules. Does that sound like Jesus is trying to get away and save his skin before he gets thrown in prison too? Not to me. Then we have this business about Nazareth, right, Um, that that Matthew brings up. But he says, uh, he, he left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea. Um, So if he's going to go back home, if he's going to return home, which is, it's the same word for withdraw that they use when they come back from Egypt, where they went away, went away uh, by the angel's direction uh, because Herod was killing all of the innocent children of Bethlehem. And so they, so they say, no, take the child and his mother and go to Egypt. And they go to Egypt and they stay there. And then the angel says, guess what? Herod is no longer living. Uh, it's, you can come back now. So when they return, it's the same word that we get here as withdrew. So here, he tells us, he wants us to understand that he doesn't withdraw, he doesn't doesn't run away, he instead returns to Galilee. Well, if he's going to return to Galilee, uh, his hometown is in Galilee. That's Nazareth, right? So if you're going to go back into a place where uh, a ruler has arrested the predecessor of your ministry, maybe you should go 
where you have some friends and family. Nope. He left Nazareth. And he made his home in Capernaum. Why? Matthew tells us why. Because Capernaum, at the northernmost end of this territory, right by the Sea of Galilee, Galilee of the nations, the place where all of the nations come in, where the Gentiles have been intermixed, where uh, the good Jewish folks would avoid going there because they didn't know who they were talking to when you went to Capernaum. That place of darkness, where they have sat in darkness for 600 years, That's where Jesus is going. Dear friends, this is such good news for you and I that have felt stuck. Because what it tells us is that Jesus is not afraid of a people that are stuck. Jesus is not concerned about getting stuck there with you. Jesus enters into that darkness. He goes right there. Why? Because He's the light. He is our light. And when darkness, when light enters into darkness, darkness flees. You're caught. Which is the next thing He talks about. Being caught. We're always amazed, aren't we, when you read these passages? James and, James and John, Peter and Andrew, these fishermen by the sea, they're, they're fishing. Jesus comes by and says, hey, follow me. I'll help you fish for people. I'll show you how to fish for people. And, and immediately they followed him. We're always like, what? Aren't you? We look at this and we go, well, how could they do that? They, this is their life. They just are immediately going to leave? Yeah. Why? Because they're caught. By Jesus. By the light of the world. That's what we're supposed to understand here. We're not supposed to be amazed by their ability to say, okay, Jesus, I get it. I get everything that you're doing. If you read on the rest of the Gospel, you'll realize that is entirely not true. They didn't get it any more than you and I do. They missed it time and time and time again. We probably get it better because we've seen the end of the story before they had the opportunity to. So, so they, they, it's not that they had some miraculous, transformative most moment where they have this clarity that says, yep, that's the right way to go. Because that's what I do, right? You, don't you do that when you're stuck in darkness? You're like, well, I'm just going to sit here until I figure it out. How long do you sit there? How many things do you have to sort through before you figure it out? We never figure it out. We get called out. We get caught up. We get captured by one who is the light of the world, who comes into our darkness and says, I know your darkness doesn't bother me. Come with me. And when Jesus speaks that word to your darkness, don't you immediately want to follow? I do. Maybe we say I'm not very good at following. I get that. 
but James, John, Peter, and Andrew, you and I, when Jesus calls, <laughs> you just follow. Because that's what it is. Because it's not about a lure or a bait or a little thing. It's a net that caught you. And Jesus took his net right into the middle of the darkest place that his people knew. A place that had been conquered and ruled and left for dead time and time and time before. A place that people avoided. A place that people had no idea who they were, what they, where they came from, or what they were about. And Jesus said, that's where I'm going. And when I get there, you will be caught. And then he... And he did that for the whole region, right? That's what we're told. At the end of this passage, it said Jesus went throughout the region teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the kingdom of God has come to you. And that was evidenced by the fact that he cured them. Jesus comes into our darkness and he changes it. But there's one other thing to this passage, and that's this. For Peter and Andrew, for James and John, and for many of you who are here this morning because you've been caught up in this message of Christ, this light of Christ that has shined in your darkness, this light that has brought you into a new kingdom, you've heard a call also. Come with me and I'll help you share this with others. And so we share. Sometimes one at a time, but mostly what we do is we live in the net and we help people see that the net of Jesus' kingdom includes them. It includes you. It includes us all. God has come into your darkness today. And he says, you can live in the light. You can live by his faith, by his power, by his strength. And God brings you to a new world. May we be caught up and no longer stuck because of Jesus.